If day one belonged completely to Australia at the SCG, India fought back and fought back well on day two. There's still a lot of work to be done though. India still trailed by 242 runs. I'm Karthik Ayer. This is ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. And I've brought with me from day one, Devayan Sen. Devayan, welcome back. Hi. And for the first time in 2021 on the Stump Mike podcast, Gaurav Sundaraman, AG Stats. A very happy new year to you. Thanks a lot. Same to you guys. Uh, hope 2021 is much better than 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But how, how is G Stats? We'll, we'll start with you. How is this this test headed? Uh, I mean, I mean, it is pretty even. I think I think that that goes goes without saying. But, but when the day started and Smith and Labuschagne were were at the crease and there were a few interruptions due to rain, it, it almost felt like Australia were just motoring along. At, at their own pace and they were going to amass a score of well over 400. They, they'll be disappointed. Yes, they will be dif- disappointed. But the way the series has been going, um, I think the quality of bowlers and both teams are top-notch. It's not that easy to just come in and score for a 450-500. And Australia's middle order is literally non-existent. You have Matthew Wade, you have Chris, uh, sorry, Cameroon Green. Both of them are uh, still... <laughs> finding their feet one uh, after two matches and another after 30 odd matches so uh, both uh, both these players are, uh, are still new and then it's the tail and tail actually uh, wagged again and they did score uh, pretty valuable runs along with Steve Smith I think but Steve Smith is the hero and uh, I, I've, I've been following uh, since uh, 2017 and I, I discuss a lot with a few of my friends and we keep saying Australia is basically like Steve Smith plus 150. That's the kind. That's the way they go about scoring, and it's kind of followed a similar pattern here. So that's how it's been. So uh, you just take out Steve Smith, and you will get back to MCG, right? One ninety-five odd all out. So, so that's how I look at Australia. So uh, people went by the pitch and the conditions and said that uh, it, it's they're going to score four fifty, five hundred, and all. But it was always a matter of one wicket because the batting is just not up to the standard for both teams and even for India for that matter. 45 overs, 96, right? So, you called it right. Uh, you said it's even Stevens and a lot of people will think that India are, uh, uh, can score up to 450-500. It's going to be hard. It's going to be super hard but right now it is even Stevens. Yeah, and that, that one wicket, Gaurav, uh, as you mentioned, came via Ravindra Jadeja. I mean, I... I, I don't want to get into this narrative, Devan, uh, that uh, Jadeja is still underrated as a test cricketer. I think I think we've covered that as a whole. But he had an excellent day today. Four wickets. I think it's effectively five. Just give him a fiver simply because of that run out towards the end over there. And for me, when I when I look back on on this day when he managed to get Labuschagne, when Australia were cruising pretty much at two hundred six for two, and Labuschagne was in his nineties. That, that really changed the way Australia's batting was headed. Yes, a couple of uh, crucial breakthroughs. In fact, uh, Labushain uh, at that stage when he was having a great partnership with Smith. And I thought uh, Matthew Wade, I mean, as uh, Gaurav alluded, somebody who's not yet completely established himself in that middle order, got off to a decent start and sort of threw it away. I think he was trying to be over positive and that's where uh, that wicket, his wicket really opened up the gate for the Indian bowlers because... Uh, the new ball was just something like three overs and a few, a couple of balls away. So he should have been perhaps a little bit more circumspect. And had they seen seen it through to the new ball, then uh, who knows? You know, Australia could have actually motored along to the kind of score that we had anticipated yesterday. Uh, but overall, it was a good performance by the Indians and spearheaded by Ravindra Jadeja. 
and uh, what's always impressed me about him is the fact that he's he's a pretty minimalistic cricketer and and i mean that's that's sometimes the best advice that you can give to a youngster um also i i think gaurav will uh, per, perhaps know the exact details but uh, when he played the 2008 uh, under 19 world cup under virat kohli he was india's uh, principal spinner i think he was perhaps one of the top wicket takers of the overall world cup and definitely one of the top wicket takers for india so he's always had this spin as one of his main things in his armory it's nothing uh, you know uh, nothing uh, extraordinary or spectacular just maintains a very good line uh, does a few things with his release points with the use of the crease and with his pace and that's good enough on a pitch like uh, the scg what we've seen thus far it is a fairly easy pitch even nathan lyon has had to basically wheel away and try and create pressure and uh, we saw towards the end of the day australia basically adopting slightly more defensive tactics because they didn't want the indians to run away with this uh, first innings so yeah uh, still quite tantalizingly poised i think the only two people who will be a little disappointed will be rohit sharma and uh, shubman gill because both of them got good starts and in the end their dismissals were a little bit soft uh, had they been in i really anticipated india perhaps at uh, when the tea break happened i anticipated india to be placed at somewhere around 150 without loss and if that had been the case then it would have been a massive leather hunt tomorrow for australia but as of now they're still very much in the game yeah about about that 2008 under 19 world cup and i'm just looking it up it looks like ravindra jareja finished as india's joint highest wicket taker along with iqbal abdullah so well spotted there divine uh got up about about jareja i mean it, it is effectively we got five he, he got the wickets of lagoshane and and i know you have at, at least going by what what you were saying on twitter you have pretty strong opinions on what matthew way did at that stage when the new ball was just about to come it, is there a case that maybe he should have because i i saw comments also saying that way should just play his natural game it, it it was 206 for for three australia were well in control so why not attack at that stage because he's just not skilled enough and other people are more skilled uh, than him and it's not something uh, a weight criticism after one match or two matches it's he's been around since 2013 right and uh, like ricky ponting had uh, mentioned on air that you can't afford to get out at that point in time and he's an opener uh, in he just opened in the previous test so he would be better off playing the new ball and uh, and you know you you've seen this with many test teams you do have heroes like kane williams and joe root kohli and smith in each team right it's up to the others to ride along with them and uh, build partnerships and that's what you need to do the moment he he got out things got a bit uh, difficult and we saw G- green uh, coming in the most difficult times playing jaspreet bumrah and he 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 got a what 22 ball or 21 ball duck so 21 ball duck that's right. how hard he made it for them and then after after afterwards uh, it became uh, very difficult so at that point in time the short uh, yes he was trying to sweep everything and he was trying to play with uh, uh, a lot of intent and one reason if you actually know, uh, look at that period between over 72 and 80 because the new ball was coming australia also scored quite a few runs there were some few bad balls by ashwin and jadeja and they had they cut a few uh, smith in fact scored quite a few what happened is that i think he just went for one shot too many and i don't know so i don't rate a wade personally very high uh, irrespective of where he's uh, batting because he just doesn't have the uh, uh, skills to play quality uh, uh, bowling lineups in and the cricket smarts as you as you saw and talking about jadeja i don't know if i am um, i have a contrary opinion in this but i really thought he didn't bowl 
that well. He got wickets out of some really ordinary deliveries. Two Yorkers where I think he got uh, wickets. But like Deban said, he at least you know that you're not going to get freebies. You're not going to get uh, runs out of him. So, uh, yeah, he was lucky. Uh, he made up for uh, maybe uh, Ashwin's, uh, what wickets Ashwin should have ideally got when he was bowling well. So, it's good. But Jadeja automatically walks in. So, there's no doubt about that. Uh, at least the role he plays, I think in any condition, he's going to be very useful. I mean, it's not it's not just Gaurav picking up those four wickets, right? It's like when Australia are nine down, Stephen Smith is trying to go get those late runs and get as many runs on the board. He, he, he Do you remember that run out? He's running in with his right side towards the ball. Yeah, that's his supposedly his weaker his weaker side. He manages to shift his body towards his left, collect the ball, and then hit the stumps. Uh, he is, if, if if not the best fielder, at least the top two best fielders in the world at this moment. He is, uh, un- undoubtedly. and So, so the, basically, the guy's batting has improved by leaps and bounds. His bowling, he always picks up useful wickets and you can always count on him to hold the end up. And he is such a brilliant fielder. I mean, I mean, what more can a cricketer be, right? Correct. Uh, the fact that uh, if he bowls uh, medium pace, then that's the only thing which is remaining because that's what India are looking for, right? Uh, Hardik Pandya type all-rounder to, make, to have good balance. But Jadija has kind of solved that problem. Now, when I was uh, just looking at uh, what India's combination could be in home matches, right? Uh, because you know you can't up Jadeja anymore. He's the form of his life. So, and you're not, they're not used to playing um, uh, Vihari at home, for example, right? And Kohli comes back. And I was just looking at it. Jadeja is like one of the first persons I'll put in the team sheet. So, uh, somebody else has to go. And uh, I think he's at his peak and you want to uh, use a player when he's at his peak. You never know how long this form is going to last. So, especially his batting. Um, uh, even though uh, he's got four wickets today, but I think it's his batting which is uh, keeping him, uh, keeping his f- uh, batting and fielding, which is keeping his place uh, firmly at the top. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Gaurav, you mentioned quality bowling. So, Devan, I thought that the, probably the best period in terms of bowling today came with that new ball and with Jasprit Bumrah running in. And I know we spoke about it a bit yesterday where he may have been a bit, a little off the boil, but boy, did he deliver with that new ball. Yeah, I mean, sometimes test cricket is like that. You can bowl, you know, a dozen good balls and not get a single wicket. And on another day, you, you know, nail it right at the top. So, he's obviously got that. I mean, what's really impressive about him is the kind of maturity that he's shown across formats. He exactly knows what needs to be done in what situations, at what state of the ball he's been given. And I think, I mean, he's just every captain's dream of bowler to have to turn to at any situation in a given game. And he delivered today. I mean, excellent ball to get Cam Green. And uh, exactly the point which Gaurav was making earlier as well, that Wade's dismissal just created that little bit of indecision and opened up the chance for the Indians to make some inroads with the new ball. Because had they been going along, they were anyway scoring at about four runs and over with the older ball. So if they'd just been sort of uh, playing it around, picking up singles, they probably would have wound up somewhere around 250 when the new ball came in. And from there on, with seven wickets in hand, it could have been a huge, huge total to look at uh, you know, setting for India. But uh, good credit to India. They took their chances when the opening presented itself. I think they picked up their last seven wickets for about 106 runs. So that's that's a very good effort on what is still looking like a fairly placid batting track. Having having said that, though, Devayan, uh, seeing the way Australia has been batting in this series, maybe even heading into this series... In, in the grand scheme of things, they'll, they'll probably be happy with 338. 
it's definitely a winning to i mean not a winning total it's definitely a fighting total because uh, whatever the conditions and we have seen for both teams uh, batting has been a little bit of a problem right through the series as gaurav also alluded to so uh, there will always be openings there will be chances i'm sure tomorrow for australia to come back with uh, you know renewed vigor for their seamers to have a bit more of an impact i think in the last uh, session Uh, they were bowling a little defensively and most of their attack was centered around nathan lyon but he wasn't getting as much usual purchase as he gets i mean there was a reasonable amount of bounce and some turn as well but it's slowish turns it's not something that will alarm the indians just as yet i think the key on this pitch as the game progresses will be the variable bounce if it sets in maybe say day 4 onwards so i think a3 is going to be crucial it's a good batting day and india must cash in and here one must mention that uh, hopefully there'll be a slightly more positive approach tomorrow by the batsmen today you could understand that because rahane and pujara were new to the crease uh, the lines were fairly defensive the fields were fairly defensive as well so there wasn't too much scope to really uh, sort of open up and play expansively uh, and that's where i thought the wicket of gill was crucial because he was really taking the attack to lion using his speed uh, willing to punish anything which was remotely loose So that was a refreshing approach, and uh, you know we debated this on yesterday's podcast as well about the opening partnership. So, of course, Mayank Agarwal will feel that he's missed out on probably the best batting surface of the uh, entire series. But you saw in his absence—I mean, no disrespect to him—but with Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill, it looked like a different game. I mean, the Indians just weren't bothered for the first seventy runs. So this was the kind of start that they would have been aspiring for in previous matches as well. and i was just thinking that you know i mean it's always easier in hindsight but if only they had picked gill for the first test match maybe we would have been looking at a 2-0 score like that now really you think you think he would have made such a big difference over over shaw i certainly think so i think he's got a very good technique i think he's uh, extremely comfortable against fast bowling as he showed even uh, in the second test match so i would definitely have expected him to have an impact in both innings and that may have completely shifted the narrative around i mean as we discussed even in the aftermath of that test match that the scoreline was a little flattering to australia it was a lot closer than you know the 36 all out indicated so shubman gill of course was out for 50 his first got of his first milestone so to speak in 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 test cricket i think that will probably give him a bit of confidence i know he'll be very very upset that he got out at at the point that he did and probably playing at a ball that he needn't have but in each innings that we have so seen him so far in the three innings he he has looked pretty comfortable pretty confident and he seems like now a player who will be india's next opener for at least the next couple of years we said the a lot of people said the same thing about mayank in 2018 so i'm not going to go that, that far with gill anyway right now because it's not that easy but uh, even mayank had an amazing start uh, last uh, it when um, he started off in australia so yes but gill definitely uh, one thing he i really liked about him today was his offside game his offside game has always been a bit um, a weak Uh, especially uh, watching him doing the IPL and even the first uh, test which he played but today he was uh, he was smashing a couple of boundaries uh, cutting the ball well and generally he he i like the fact that he played in the offside and uh, he's looking good he, he didn't seem tentative there was hardly any um, uh, not too many edges and uh, where he was beaten even rohit for that matter was beaten couple of times but gill seemed fairly comfortable so yeah this is a perfect start he has a nice home series against england to build on these runs and hopefully his big test would be in england uh, later on so that's when we'll really know about uh, gill yeah on the subject of being carried away i spotted a tweet i think from an ex cricketer or or a uh, ex uh, you know very senior journalist 
somebody who really appreciated how he played and he said that hopefully he'll become a regular across all formats for india so i was just thinking in my mind now let's not get carried away <laughs> i think this is just the start for him i think it's a good start in test match cricket but yeah there's still a long way for him to go in terms of his uh, white ball uh, sort of skills but uh, what was good to see was he was very positive he was looking to take on the short ball when it was given to him and you can always tell uh, you know about the quality of a player by the amount of time he has when he goes on to the back foot and some of those pulls uh, one which he played i think in front of square which was exquisite a uh, couple of the drives of the back foot uh, they really showed that he he genuinely is a class player and even when lion just you know tossed one up a little bit more than normal he just uh, drove it beautifully through through cover so there were some very attractive shots and it's just a shame that it got uh, you know stunted at 50 so again yeah i mean both rohit and shubman will be quite disappointed with the way that they got out because uh, they were looking completely in control and they could have really sort of driven the advantage home for india rather than exposing two new batsmen the thing is karthik the benchmarks also like i'm sure you all of you saw the stats on our uh, internal channel and stuff that you know no indian opening pair had batted 20 overs since 2010 uh, in sena Uh, in South, obviously in South Africa, England, New Zealand, and Australia, and this seventy is the highest stand since two thousand three when Chopra and Sehwag uh, added in Australia, right? So this is the kind of benchmark we are uh, dealing with. It's a very low benchmark. So for us, uh, when we've had uh, guys like Shaw and, uh, uh, in fact, remember when Vihari and Mayank opened in twenty eighteen? When Vihari just scored, for, uh, I think they added forty runs or so, but. that was praised a lot by a lot of uh, cricketers right about vihari playing out the first hour he did bat out he played some crucial runs so sometimes uh, in australia and in tough conditions against such attack maybe it's more about staying there for long so that you don't expose guys like pujara early on something which australia also missing obviously but um, yeah it's just fascinating that suddenly they added 70 and uh, everybody is like super happy it's just that benchmarks are so low and we've never had Uh, a very long stand in um, sena for the last 10 years so that shows how hard it is it's it's i'm sure it's a worldwide thing it's not a, not even about india i can't remember too many opening pairs generally do uh, succeeding yeah england famously have had a big big issue with with openers you remember you remember the entire saga about who will pa- partner alistair cook yeah even warner for that matter he's had some 12 13 partners in in his last 7 uh, 8 years yeah it's uh, round table everywhere Devan, you were mentioning white ball cricket, and someone whose skills is not in doubt in any of those two formats is Rohit Sharma. And we have also heard, leading into this Test match, that he was in effect India's first choice opener coming coming into the series. So, what do you make of his his twenty six, his first appearance after you know spending fourteen days in quarantine, then a bit of drama in a hotel in a restaurant, and then he's coming here. This was his first time with the bat. What what can we learn from this twenty six? I think uh, considering all the background uh, you know everything that's happened around this quarantine and <laughs> of course the uh, misadventure outside at the Chinese restaurant and everything aside uh, it was also the first competitive cricket match he was playing since the IPL final so considering all of that it was a pretty decent innings it was compact he didn't make too many errors i think uh, maybe lion had him in a little bit of like you know double uh, minds at one stage and early on when the ball was still nipping around a little bit he was beaten a couple of times but other than that he looked quite comfortable he's always been uh, pretty good against pace so he wasn't too bothered by that whenever they dug it in short he took it on and he scored a few runs 
and again uh, the the point i was making about shubman gill and why you know he would have been at least on current form he would have been a good addition for that first test match is that when you've got a partner at the other end who's also playing positively then it rubs off on you uh, gaurav mentioned the akash chopra and birender sehwag stand and we remember that akash chopra wasn't really you know at his best of times he was never really a stoke filled batsman but uh, back during the australian tour he knew that there was no pressure on him because virender sehwag was going well at the other end i think in that uh, melbourne test match when sehwag made 195 they had a massive partnership and chopra probably got about like 10% or 20% of the runs because he didn't need to he just needed to sort of dig in there and give him company uh, hand him the strike from time to time so this was the kind of role which in a way the fact that gill got off to a rapid start it allowed rohit to ease into his innings and i think he was going pretty well i mean of course he slowed down because the australians also started bowling a little just a little touch wider of the crease and to their field uh, which is why the the runs also sort of uh, slowed down and dried up and maybe that's what led to his wicket as well and incidentally just around that over i think just two balls before that hazelwood had a sort of shy at the stumps which indicated that he was getting frustrated so ironically the indians lost a wicket just at the time when the australians were starting to look a little bit you know down with their body language we also picked up uh, you know on social media we saw manus labushain having a little bit of a chat with both indian openers trying to unsettle them so uh, it, it was working to a plan from the indian perspective and that's where those wickets i think again i'll repeat myself that uh, they just fell at the wrong time but yeah there's there's still lots of batting to be done there's still lots of uh, time in this test match for a result for both both sides and um yeah that's why day 3 is going to be quite crucial i guess i think you were a bit unfair on akash chopra there because i'm looking at that score card yeah debar and he scored about 33% of the runs in that partnership i think india lost their one first wicket at 141 and he had scored 48 by then so that's not that's not too bad especially when you're batting with virendra sehwag now debar alluded to it uh, gora but did, did you see this did you see labushain's in echoes sledging i mean it was absolutely hilarious he's asking gil who's your favorite cricketer is it sachin or is it virat and i think his best question to rohit sharma was what did you do in quarantine like how was your quarantine and that, that was so hilarious it, it is i think what sledging has come to in a good way between <laughs> Between between these two sides, because we saw it with. Do you want to call it sledging? First of all, yeah, I think I think we need to come up with a different word, right? Correct. It just looks like friendly banter there, and it's mm. like they can't talk anything else. So I think uh, they can't abuse and whatever they've done uh, earlier. At least uh, that's what they used to call sledging, uh, but now seems to be all too friendly and maybe. uh if i were uh, i was gill or something i would have given something back saying do you want to play for kkr is that why you're talking like this <laughs> something like that you know uh, i think that's how it's uh, yeah it's it makes good social media content you'll know better than anybody else oh it does you know that what did you do in quarantine is already becoming a meme oh like no. on on it's on twitter i can already see memes like people are putting various faces on on labushain's body and that have you guys what seen you such uh, friendly banter in football post covid or post uh, i i hardly i don't think that they'll ever do something like this yeah i mean in football you don't really uh, bother so much with banter you just like go in and like you know crunch the other person's bones <laughs> And and you know what, Deban will know this. So now that there are no crowds in in the football games, the commentary team is apologizing for the language used on air every five minutes during the match. I, I don't know why they even bother with it now. 
it's not just happening in uh, football i've heard it a couple of times even in the new zealand broadcast so the cricket broadcast so yeah <laughs> i think it's and that's with a few crowds in as well so yeah i mean it's becoming a little bit of a global phenomenon but uh, yeah it's i mean i have uh, personally you know being a broadcaster i've always like turned up the stump mic to be able to hear things like that or ambience when you're doing other sports so uh, it's it's fun that uh, the viewers are also getting a glimpse of that and a pro tip for anybody listening that you are always better off listening to all these things rather than the tv on your uh, streaming services or on your uh, mobile phones because those tend to catch up a little bit more of uh, the sound effects and everything so uh if you want to really hear what's going on on a field of play just make sure that you listen to it on your phone rather than your tv excellent so so of course this was ranjit uh, jadeja's day we give props to shubman gill as well but i think it's only fair uh, gorav to end this podcast before we go uh, a word on steven smith this is his third century in this series yeah and this is coming from a guy who i heard from some quarters that people had doubts whether he could do it in in australia has he lost his mojo as he is he when is he going to find his hands sydney seems to be working for him and but if i'm not mistaken he's scoring a test century in australia after a really long time right yeah technically it's one he missed a season that's how i i would look at it it's just one season he missed uh, that is against new zealand and pakistan where he managed a top score of 85 Uh, and he didn't play the summer uh, against india so yeah since 2017 december he hasn't scored but that's obviously because to put things in context it was just one season and yeah steve smith we've taken what 20 minutes to start talking about steve smith who's who's obviously been the hero of for australia uh, i think even the, i thought india kind of worked him out i thought they'll attack more with bumrah and ashwin and play in his mind but somehow uh, after he started attacking ashwin a bit yesterday and uh, if you notice he just blocks out bumrah unless he bowls a real full ball or something like that unless it's a bad ball he just kind of plays out bumrah and attacks the other bowlers uh, he doesn't take too many risks so i think smith um, showed that he's an all time great Uh, uh that that's what people do uh, cricketers do they come back and they don't allow to uh, them to ha- they don't allow uh, uh, too longer that and we've seen that with kohli we've seen that now with smith and yeah so uh, i really don't know what to say i think they again have to start finding ways to uh, get him out because he's basically the australian batting and yes man and amanas labushan he's again continued to uh, he doesn't get out cheaply for whatever it uh, uh, he's scored what couple of 40s now on 90 so uh, i think he's up there with smith uh, in terms of their core and literally the, those two need to score and that's the kind of pressure uh, australia and smith are in every single time that that's true because david david warner does not look fit does he i mean we saw him when he was running between the wickets as well that is there something not right there yeah i think they're just playing him uh, because they feel that even uh, a half fit warner could be better than uh, what they have so uh, yeah warner like rohit has not played any kind of uh, uh, first class cricket also right so uh, it it's going to be hard he's fielding at slips and we saw him even while chasing the ball it's something which he would have usually dived and uh, fielded he just let it go for the boundary so uh, yeah so the pressure on smith is very high and he's really delivered i really really uh, uh, like the way he played with the tail i think he was very smart in his uh, choice of shots and yes the run out was a slight mistake because it was just one or two balls to go in that over so that was a mistake but otherwise he he played very well and uh, uh, good to see him uh, back to form and uh, on 
on the way he's uh, broken some records right quickest to 27 centuries and uh, most centuries against india eight in just what 13 matches and uh, then other names in the list for our listeners are ricky ponting gary sobers and vivian richards yeah and and in, and in divan it meant it meant a lot to him as well like his celebration you could see that there was relief etched across his face yeah relief and as well as pride restored because uh, the first couple of tests have been a touch embarrassing for him because the way that uh, r ashwin has bothered him obviously would have been playing on his mind uh, absolutely spot on from gorov in calling him one of the all time greats uh, superb average and just uh, i think as uh, saurabh mentioned on the podcast yesterday a great lesson in Uh, teaching youngsters that uh, you know technique is overrated it's exactly about what works for you and you make it work and uh, what he has is a increasingly like you know crazy appetite for runs i think his wife's uh, social media post also went viral didn't it uh, of him <laughs> in his cream trousers uh, shadow batting while real game was playing on in the background so this guy is obviously obsessed with batting and that's that's what he brings to the court and i think it's it's something to take inspiration for for the indian batsmen that uh, they will have to sort of grind their way through they they won't be expected to dominate tomorrow but these are still as i said good batting conditions india's aim tomorrow must be to try and just uh, eke out a lead and not get bowled out if they are say about 40 or 50 ahead uh, by the close of play tomorrow with maybe the prospect of pant and jadeja or at least one of them yet to come then i think they'll be in a very good position to sort of uh, put the pressure on for the on day 4 all right day 3 is of course moving day g stats i'm going to leave the last word with you uh, do you see it going exactly how debahan said quiz question for uh, stump mike you finalist uh, how many runs do you think pujara has scored of comments in this series he's played 103 balls i would think somewhere around uh, single digits nine maybe okay you're close it's 14 <laughs> so he scored wow. 14 runs in 103 balls and he's been dismissed three times so clearly uh, the moment pujara came into bat comments uh, came into bowl and they have very good plans now we've already seen tweets about uh, pujara's strike rate and uh, i think even debayan uh, spoke about it earlier so i think it's that's how this whole series has been going even australia it's not like australia scoring at 5 runs or 4 runs and over so they do score the odd boundaries when the situation improves and here your fifth bowler is uh, green who also bowled pretty well the last time around so i don't think there are any easy runs uh, india have to really grind it out and i was again uh, to put things into perspective assume that uh, they need to score uh, get to 400 Uh, i would say i think you guys might agree a 70 run lead should be uh, uh, they put them in a much much uh, better position forget 150 so if they have to get 400 they have to hit another 304 runs and the tail which is basically 7 8 9 10 have hardly contributed uh, 40 50 runs for india right that's the, the 40 50 itself is a bit of a stretch so which effectively means the next four or five wickets they have to score uh, close to 350 which is around 250 runs so that's how i look at it so they need to have at least 80 90 runs uh, stands for the next two or three wickets or you need a whirlwind 50 60 by rishabh pant uh, which is not going to be easy on these wickets against the, these bowlers so it's going to be tough i think a lot hinges on uh, pujara i think if he gets back to his form of uh, uh, 2018 19 and scores a slow 100 of 300 balls also i think india will take that so uh, let's wait and see but i think it's going to be pretty tight 275 to 300 maybe india might just be bowled out 
All right, it's another exciting day of test cricket at hand for us. So get up nice and early tomorrow. Devan and Gaurav, thank you so much for joining us on today's Stump Mike. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you.